Congratulations for joining us in the trenches with Dave Lapham, brought to you by First Star Logistics, because we've got Duke Tobin, yes, sir, last year's executive of the year. Uh, this guy's the director of player personnel for the Cincinnati Bengals, and he has hit home runs, grand slams here recently in terms of personnel. We're talking veteran free agency. We're talking retaining veteran players for the Cincinnati Bengals that have performed well. We're talking draft, putting the bat on the ball, hitting it out of the park. Duke Tobin, he's the man. He's got the answers. Let's listen. Thanks for taking time to join in the trenches with Dave Lapham, brought to you by First Star Logistics, coming to us from our studios as always. They are outstanding, and so is our guest. Our guest was Executive of the Year last year, and in my mind, Executive of the Year every year, none other than Duke Tobin, who is the man. It's per when you think when you say the word personnel, in my mind, I get a picture of Duke Tobin whenever I'm thinking or talking about personnel. So let's uh let's check in with the man himself. Welcome, sir. Appreciate your time. Maybe personnel lap, but not personality. I got, uh, I got, I got, I don't have much of that. So <laughs> I'll accept the personnel, but oh, beyond that, I can't accept. You know, it's, it's when, when you're part of football families, like you are, your, your dad, Bill, uh, your uncle Vince, um, you know, yourself, it's, to me, it, it's a it's a a common thread of guys that have had successful runs and whatever it is, whether it's playing, coaching, uh, front office work, whatever. How how big is that to have been exposed to it as young as you were and through your entire life, like it has been? Yeah, I might. You know, this is my life today. Is what I remember from growing up. It's uh, it's basically commonplace for me the nfl and the nfl changes the rules change uh, off-season schedules change uh, the way we operate changes but the fact that it's always been an overarching part of my life you know my entire life i think is helpful um and uh it's certainly what i know uh, i don't know a lot of other things but i i feel like uh, i feel like nfl football is something that uh that i've had a lot of experience in and it's what I enjoy. Um, I'm thankful that I still enjoy it. I, I'm thankful to have the opportunity to still be involved in it. You've been with the same organization since 1999. That 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 speaks volumes. I think both sides. Um, that's rare. What what are other people around the league? When you talk to other people, you know, in your area of expertise, what do they think about that? The the run that you've had with the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know. I mean, the, the Bengals of, uh, outside of my wife, they put up with me longer than anybody else. And, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm thankful for that. I, uh, I don't know that uh, beyond the Bengals and my wife, anybody would put up with me as long as, uh, as long as they have. But, um, I don't talk to a lot of people around the league about different circumstances. I, uh, I, I'm kind of head down grinding and, um, thankful to have the opportunity to, to be here still working and uh, and working around such a, a great organization and great people. And that's that's why I still love it. It's, uh, it's given me an opportunity to raise my family in, in one area. Cincinnati is my home now and uh, has been for a while. 
Let's talk about uh, about your group, Andrew Johnson, Mike Potts, Stephen. Uh, I, I always screw up his name. Uh, say his last name for me. Uh, I'm trying to get you to say it. No, I don't want to butcher it. I always I always butcher Stephen's last name. Ridiculous. Call him Mad Rad. Mad Rad is. <laughs> uh, Rad works. He likes that. Okay, and and then uh, Christian Sarkeesian. Um, you guys have been together for a while now. Uh, what is it about the length of – what do you like best about this group, I guess, is probably the easiest way to ask it. Um, I, I know what to expect out of them, and, and they know what to expect out of me. Um, they're all very talented. That's why they're here. Um, you know, I don't view this as, uh, as, as a starting point for a career. This is the culmination of guys who, who have – reach the pinnacle of NFL scouting and, and the guys that we have, we rely heavily on in a lot of areas and we give them responsibilities in a lot of areas. We don't uh, pigeonhole them in one area. And I think that's, um, that, that registers with them. Uh, I think it, uh, it helps them in their, in their growth at, in this profession. Uh, I think they get to see a lot of different aspects of the uh, organization and they, uh, they factor in a lot of different aspects of this organization. And I think they w work well as a group. That's important to me, the camaraderie. I have all of our guys live here in Cincinnati. I, I, I haven't bought into the uh, remote scout uh, philosophy yet. I like them to be here so they can see us practice and be around the team during the year and, uh, you know, and, and have an office to come to and, and really focus on their work. and and be around the team that's important it's hard to really know what you need if you don't know what you have <laughs> and right. uh, it's hard to know what will play if you don't know what is playing and uh and i think they've got a great perspective on both what's in the nfl as well as what's coming out of college and i think that gives us an advantage uh, and i rely heavily on their opinions of uh, of what we should do and and how they grade guys what does the team making the run that they've made the last couple of years, going to the Super Bowl and then going to the AFC championship game, the length of that season, which then compresses a little bit of off-season uh, scenarios, what, what, how much stress does that put on your group? Um, and how, how beneficial was it to experience it uh, the year before when you went to the Super Bowl and handling it this year when you went to the AFC championship game? Our group has been head down grinding, you know, no matter the length of our season, they're ready to go when, when the bell rings. And, uh, you know, that's that's their their job. And so no matter how long our season goes, our guys are ready on the college end and ready in the uh, pro scouting end um, to get busy when it when the bell rings. And, and so it, it doesn't really affect uh, us uh, other than that. It's fun to uh, continue to play and go on. That's. You know, when you can feel the rewards of your work, um, you know, it kind of spurs you on to, to keep tasting it. And, and our guys are really hungry to rebuild our team again. Every year you got to rebuild your team. And our guys have a lot of good ideas, good thoughts, and are ready for both the draft and free agency. So here, here we go. There's a little bit of a window here between the combine and when the, you can start to negotiate with free agents and uh, Monday, you're coming up this this Monday on the 13th uh, of March. There's a, a negotiating period, and then on the 15th, you can actually start to sign players on 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 Wednesday the 15th. 
you have multiple buckets, I guess you always do, but you've got, you know, players that, uh, that you'd like to retain as part of the core of your football team. And they don't necessarily all have to be free agents. I mean, you've got guys like Joe Burrow who finished the third year of their rookie contract, T Higgins, Logan Wilson. I mean, there's three studs right there that I'm sure you'd like to get something, something done with potentially. And, you know, I mean, there, there are so many buckets to, to deal with. Um, do you try to, can you prioritize buckets or is it just as things unfold and uh, uh, talks and negotiations heat up here, let's finish that and work and, 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 and piece it together from there. How do you approach it? All those buckets available. You have to be flexible. And, and that's, that's something that, that we're really good at because we're small and uh, we're uh, nimble and uh, you've, you've got to meet daily on it and, and you have to be, proactive in what is happening, what might get done, what won't get done, and how to pivot when when uh, when you get information. Um, you, you can plan and we've planned, but you never know how it's going to work out in the end. And, you know, uh, you know, if, if you get a negotiation done, that affects other things that you have planned and where it comes in and, and how that affects the total picture of the cap and so forth. Those are all things that we have daily meetings on, and uh, you just have to be flexible that way. And we're small enough to be nimble in that way. And uh, and we've got guys who are prepared to have answers when and if we get a surprise one way or the other. Maybe we get somebody that uh, uh, has an interest in us as the thing goes on that, uh, that we weren't really uh, focused on. But we've got the assessment done, and we know how they would fit. And uh, when, when the opportunity comes up, we can make an informed decision on whether to go forward with it or not. And uh, yeah, we prioritize guys, but we just can't ever know exactly uh, how it's going to unfold when the, when the bell rings. You, you make an interesting point where, okay, a guy in Cincinnati is now a destination. There's no question. I mean, the Joe Burrow factor, everything else that goes is going on with this organization. I mean, uh, I, I do think there's a lot of free agents out there like, yeah, but Cincinnati in my top three, my top five, top whatever list. And, uh, and and I know you guys spend quite a bit of time, okay, projecting, all right, what's the cap issue with this team? Who might be out there as a veteran free agent as a cap casualty, not necessarily lack of performance or whatever the case may be. Were there any surprises um, in that area? Uh, any guys show up that you thought, geez, we didn't necessarily – think that he might be available or did it pretty much go according to Hoyle? Well, we, we have a hard time predicting our own team and off season <laughs> predicting the 31 others is, is, is maybe a, a lower priority for us, Yeah, but we have evaluations on guys and we can pivot quickly when guys come available that we think might fit us. And then it's all a matter of how much and for how long. And if we do that, what, what do we have to forego? Because you're making choices. Not everything can fit. And, you know, we we, uh, we have a hard time, you know, saying that other teams are going to do definitely X, Y, and Z. We can see what their needs might be, but internally they might view those needs completely different and uh, might be going in a, a different path than what we think. And so number one is you have to be flexible and you've got to be able to pivot quickly when opportunities come up. One thing that this organization has done um, is it spends, you know, I guess um, cash. <laughs> there's the cash uh, aspect of it, and then there's the deferrals and all those sorts of things. I mean, from from a caponomic standpoint, let's put it in a broader category. 
you know, very little dead money, um, handled the salary cap about as well as anybody in the National Football League, don't you feel, as, as an organization? Katie, Katie does a fantastic job of keeping us competitive year in and year out. We, we try not to get a bunch of money going to players who are no longer playing for us. We don't feel like that is a good model to have a good team year in and year out. And, and so we want the guys that are playing for us to be paid well. Uh, we want to uh, spend to the cap and many years beyond the cap um, in, a, in a cash perspective. And, and over time, we've been, you know, certainly one of the top half of the league and maybe even higher than that in yep. total player spend as, as the, as the uh, most recent CBA uh, has come into play. You know, we're, we're going to spend on players. We're just not hoping to spend future year dollars on current year players and then get into a situation where we have a ton of dead money that's not producing for our current team. We want our money to produce in the current season. And uh, it's just a different way or a better way, in my opinion, of looking at it. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it also keeps us from having to cut guys for unnecessary reasons. Um, you know, we, we, we have the flexibility to keep our good players and then approach them about extensions at the proper time. I think that's something that uh, is, is underrated in terms of when you're out there soliciting veteran free agents, uh, it's like, okay, guaranteed contract is a big buzz now because what Cleveland did with Deshaun Watson and what Baltimore doesn't want to do, you know, with, with Lamar Jackson and, and uh, what will the market say? Where will the bar be in terms of guarantees? In my mind, when I, when I look at the Cincinnati Bengals, they pay the contract. I mean, it's like when we it's about cash, it's about cash in pocket. I can't believe that the fans of the NFL really care about the minutia of, uh, of structures of, of deals. It's about right. cash in pocket. And, uh, it's about how much does this guy get for performing for this team? That, right. That's what it's about. And, um, again, the, the keeping yourself flexible and keeping the dead money low is a positive for all fans of, any particular team because that means your team can then spend those dollars on people that can help you right now in the current and um and and so um you know I, and again i can't believe the fans are, are all tied up on what is the structure of the deal and what right. might be guaranteed in the third year or fourth year i think everybody likes to play armchair gm Typically, when we do a deal, we give a thunderous amount of money up front yep. in the player's bank account. And uh, and and that normally doesn't register as much as saying, oh, we've guaranteed something in year three. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's the present value of money sometimes is uh, a lot more valuable than a, a future guarantee. And, and we we have spent thunderous amounts of money early in a player's career to get deals done. And, and, and then that allows us flexibility into the future. And uh, that, that's a point I think that agents and players, you know, are, are going to sit up and take notice of, because, you know, you see the oh, four year, $160 million contract. Well, really it's a three year, hundred million dollar contract. You know, it's backloaded, you know, and it's the kid, the guy will never see that uh, the final stages of that contract. You're with the Bengals. It's, it's just the opposite as you're describing. And, you know, it's it's like apples and oranges uh, a little bit. And what 
I don't know. Again, we don't want to be forced to cut good players that are still producing for us. Right. We don't want to put ourselves in that position. Not that we can never end up in that position, but uh, that that's what we set out to accomplish. If a guy is achieving and earning and uh, and producing for the Cincinnati Bengals, we don't want to get into a situation where we have to say goodbye to him for the wrong reasons. Yep. Cap casualty, uh, not for lack of performance, but because you know the cap was – got out of whack. Um, that's, that's a, that's a big, big deal in my eyes anyway. So let's talk about the draft. Uh, you, you just finished the combine and, um, the combine app, obviously I know you're a huge fan of, of, uh, of the combine and what it provides you, not just numbers, uh, on athletic ability and, uh, you know, a lot of people's, ah, it's just, you know, shorts and t-shirts Olympics. You find out the athleticism, but these interviews that you do and finding out the intangibles of players and time finding out football intelligence and all that sort of thing. It's invaluable, isn't it? Hey, Dave Lapham here to tell you about one of Cincinnati's fastest growing companies, First Star Logistics. They're currently drafting freight brokers to join their sales team. Apply at firststarlogistics.com. I think so. I mean, it's a, it's a needed event. It's an event that, uh, that, uh, produces a lot of information for us to make good decisions based off of and uh, and getting to know people uh, before you bring them into your building and employ them is important. And the longer you can be around them and the more exposures you have to them, the better you can know them and the better you they can know you. And, and the, these players, they're wanting a good fit as much as we're wanting a good fit. And so we think we're doing them a service by giving them an opportunity to meet the people of the NFL and and tell them what they're all about, uh, because they should want a fit that fits what they do, how they work, how they view football. They should want the same same mesh there that the NFL teams are wanting. So I, I've always thought it was a two way street. You know, it's it's an opportunity for the players to get to know the teams and the teams to get to know the players. And uh, so I think it benefits everybody. It is almost a, uh, there are very few scenarios where not just owners, you know, owners meeting or uh, different categories of uh, front office people meeting uh, kind of deal. The entire league uh, kind of gets together a little bit, you know, and there's, there's a lot of things that are, that are talked about from a football standpoint on all levels at the combine, aren't there? Well, um, yeah, but the focus is on getting to know the, the players. Yeah, but sure, there are meetings that goes on that go on because people are together. Uh, that uh, you know allows for allows for some camaraderie, uh, some groupthink, and and things that are are beneficial as as the league goes forward. How different. How has the combine evolved, Duke? How different is the combine now than when you first came into the league with the Bengals in 1999? Uh, the premise is still the same. The mechanics behind it are, are a little different. Right. Um, you know, the, the scheduling behind it is a little different. We've got a TV component and a fan component. And, you know, they've done a good job of trying to, uh, you know, tie in those components with what we're there to do, which is evaluate the players and have the players get to know us so those those elements are are the same that's it's interpersonal relationship building and uh and and a chance to make comparisons but also but also uh 
you know, kind of take what you've seen in the film and justify it. And, and that's a, a good thing. You know, when, when you believe something on film and you haven't been around the guy in person, and then you can, you can say, yeah, what I see there is what I'm seeing here. It just kind of cements your opinion. And I think that makes for, makes for a comfortable analysis of, of, Hey, this is the right guy for us. And these are the things that we believe he's going to be able to do for the Cincinnati Bengals. It, it is incredible. The athletic ability, you know, I watched a good bit of it and the size speed ratios of these guys, big body guys, you got 250 pound linebackers running four, three, nine, you know, you've got you know, so many players, four, four, sub four, four, 40 plus vertical, you know, 11 to 12 foot, um, long jump, it's broad jump. It's like, what the heck? It, it, it It's unbelievable how athletic these guys are, isn't it? It really is. And and every year they seem to get a little bigger, a little faster, a little more explosive, a little stronger. You yeah. know, they, uh, it's, it's just the progression and the interest in the game and maybe the, the training of these guys beginning a little sooner in their careers. Um, and you know, it's, it's impressive to, to watch these guys and, uh, and it's a great way to compare, you know, the different guys in the draft, uh, they're side by side and, and, you know, it's an opportunity for maybe somebody that has a lower profile or a lower uh, level of competition to get out there with the big guys, <laughs> with, with, the, with the, the known quantities and say, and then you, you, you end up sitting in the stands going, you know, gosh, this guy's as good as those guys, even though he played at a small school and even though he doesn't have the buzz around him. Uh, and even though maybe, you know, we were reluctant to grade him as high as we should because of the competition level, uh, had a little uncertainty, he's as good as those guys. So it's a great opportunity for some of the under, under the radar guys to elevate their status right next to some of the big name guys. And I'll tell you, Richardson, uh, you talk about a ridiculous combine for uh, what, 240, uh, 244 pounds. Big and fast. Yeah, Big and like fast. Those are things we knew about him. You just have to watch him uh, make a couple of the long runs he had this year, and and you knew he was fast, and you kind of could see he was big and had a strong arm, and and so those were all uh, those were all confirmed. Man, it, it, it's a, a freak show. Uh, mm -hmm. A 40, 40 uh, over forty inch vertical jump, uh, over eleven foot broad jump. I mean, it's. That's uh, that's some crazy stuff. As no measurable ever translates into uh, points, though. Yeah, you've got to you've got to take those measurables and you got to put it within a system, and you've yep. got to execute what what you're doing to to create the points. It right. just gives you a, a maybe some more flexibility in your system. There's really, I mean, other than putting a guy on a grease board and going through some things to check the football IQ, nobody's really come up with a standardized test like the, you know. Uh, uh, the intelligence quotient test that is given to given the guys overall IQ. Is there a football IQ test? What's the closest thing to a football IQ test that you've come up with? Film. <laughs> yeah. Right. Film. Sure. You can tell who knows what they're doing and who doesn't, who's confused, who's out of position. We've watched enough uh, film. They're not reinventing the game on any level. Right. So we know the responsibilities that uh, these guys 
have in front of them when we know who's performing those responsibilities well. And that's part of the art of scouting is understanding what they should be doing and then understanding whether they're doing it or not. But um, the other big, the key component that, that, that we operate with is getting in front of the people who have been around the player and building relationships on these college campuses of people you trust and people that know football and have been around the player for long periods of time and 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 really interviewing the people who know the people and that's uh that's how we uh we build a, a real accurate profile on these guys because over time the people at on that college campus who have been around them they're going to know that you know what are the what are the areas he needs to improve on what are his strengths and and so we 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 value the relationships we have with our sources at all these different stops the draft every year there are there are prospects that are going to fit almost every football team i mean it's it's just a matter of some drafts uh your needs may be there may be more depth at position of need than other drafts um and, and, and vice versa. When you look at this year's draft, the depth of players at whatever position, how does it hit your needs at this point as you project uh, into going for these pro day interviews and then the actual draft in April? Well, I think there's a lot of good players available at, at every position. Um, some positions might have a, a few more. Just because a position has a few more doesn't mean you're going to get them. You yeah. know, it, 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 it there could be an easy run on that position. Maybe the rest of the league views it that way too. And it just doesn't, it just because one, one, you know, there's, there's five more defensive ends that fit what we do than defensive tackles. It doesn't mean we're getting a defensive end. It doesn't mean a defensive end is going to be the best player on the board for us when we go to pick, right. um, you know, but there are players that we feel could help us uh, throughout the draft and at every position. So, I mean, they're, it's an exciting draft. I've never been a part of a draft that that didn't have uh, an excitement around it, and and have guys that you have a vision for. You know, you go to bed at night and you think, well, yeah, if we had him, this is what we would be doing with him, and and I think he would fit that role well. Um, we never get married to one guy or one one idea because, like free agency, you just can't predict it, and you have to have everybody graded so you can pivot and make the right decisions at the right times. And uh, so it's uh, it's a lot like pre-agency. you just got to be very flexible as, as it unfolds. Are you in agreement that the tight end position seems to be uh, fairly deep uh, this year? I mean, a, a lot of, quote, experts, you know, are saying, oh, gosh, there's a minimum of 10 tight ends that are going to go in the first two days of the draft, meaning the top three rounds of the draft. And then, boy, there's – 10 cornerbacks are going to go in the first and second round. And there are, you know, 15 of these and 20 of these. Do you think the draft does have that kind of depth? I think it does. Um, you know, it, it uh, uh, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, you know, at, at every position, but particularly at tight end. Some teams value blocking more. Some teams value guys that uh, can play in a two point uh, in the slot more. Some teams want a, a blend of, uh, of uh, skills in their tight ends and not just one or the other. Um, some, some teams are, are looking for speed and other teams are looking for strength. And it's a position that, you know, their beauty can be in the eye of the beholder. 
there's a lot of different types in this draft and, and there's a lot of good players, really successful college players. So when you're, when you're trying to evaluate uh, free agents and then the draft and the draft is, is an unknown because you don't know exactly what will be there from a position standpoint, you know, you have everybody evaluated on your board and you don't know when the run happens and all that sort of thing. So you're thinking, all right, well, let's just pick cornerback, for example. All right, if I can if I can sign this veteran free agent corner that I have a history of tape as opposed to this projected, you know, second round corner coming out of college. How how do you handle that dynamic in in, in putting your puzzle together? I mean, it's a big old puzzle, isn't it? It it, it is a puzzle. We never limit our options in the draft. Um, you know, it, just because we sign somebody in free agency doesn't mean we're going to forego all the options that might present themselves to us in the draft. We just, we want to keep our draft as, as its own event. And as an event that gives, if you start eliminating position groups in the draft, you're going to find your draft board is incomplete and doesn't get you to where you want to go at the end of the draft. You're going to be out of players early. And so we don't eliminate large swaths of the draft for anything we really do in free agency. But um, again, what your team dictates maybe what the needs in free agency are and the, the, the uh, maturity of your team, where your team is in its building process. Uh, do you have need for, for, for veterans that come in and start and play right away? Do you have need for backups in free agency? Uh, do you have specific traits you're looking to get in free agency? But you know, it, each year it's a little bit different. Sometimes your free agency will be more geared internally. And sometimes your free agency might be a little more geared externally. It all depends on the development of your team and, and where you are in the building process and who you have on your roster. And, and so those things change over time. There are years when we've been more active on outside guys and there have been years when our money and our resources have been focused on locking up our current guys. And, and so there's always a blend, but the, the mix changes. Do you think the mix would lean more toward, I mean, you've done an outstanding job externally, you know, the last couple of years and the draft, obviously you've hit, put the bat on the ball beautifully in the draft and free agency. You think that, okay, retaining some of the core of, of your own internally is a bigger focus than the external free agent part of it for this year, potentially. Well, I think the the, the uh, fact that you're answer, asking that question tells me that you have the answer to it. I'm not <laughs> going to give out. I'm not going to give out any answers to what exactly we're going to do when this thing kicks off. Right. Um, you know. Yes, we have we have very strong thoughts on what we would like to get done, but uh, it's all uh, to be determined. And I'm, I certainly don't want to uh, ruin anybody's suspense on this. <laughs> so so. Uh, the way, the way that you had built this football team, let's just take the last two or three years. When when free agency, the draft, all of it was complete, and you went to training camp, did you you and your group say, you know what? I think I think we got something here. You, did you have that yeah. kind of feeling, the way that the team was going to – There's gonna... not many teams that uh, go to training camp and, and look over their field and say, oh, shoot. We're, yeah. yeah, we're in trouble. You yeah, know, there's not many teams that are that way. Right, you bring guys in, you have a positive feel for, you have a vision for, 
you have hope that they'll develop and and you put them out on the field and you see that hope and you you hope that the team comes together as a team we're a team sport and and so the most successful teams are not always the best collection of individuals they're the ones that come together as a team and have good leadership and strong connections and and a good camaraderie and strong work ethic you know those are the those are the ones that play the game that we have the best it's not just the best collection of talent walking walking across the road to the practice fields it's what they do when they're out there and most teams feel pretty good about where they stand and they have bright hope and we're certainly part of that we feel great about you know the team that walks across this the, the road there and i got to get you out of here on this and uh you know joe burrow mm-hmm. when you have a quarterback like Joe Barr, you see, you see all the hassles that all these teams are going through in the National Football League in terms of, oh, what are we going to do at quarterback? Let's find our quarterback. You guys have your quarterback. There's there's no two ways about it. You feel good about him. He seems to feel pretty good about the Cincinnati Bengals organization, the community, and everything else. Do you foresee, uh, sooner rather than later, a deal being struck with Joe Burrow? That's the hope, you know. That's the hope. Seems like you like him, okay? Love him. <laughs> and, I, 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 uh, I and my number it's nine. Been a, uh, <laughs> it's been a great partnership to this point, and and he's been what we want when we draft a football player. That's what we're looking for: a guy that can come in, uh, produce, build camaraderie, show leadership. Um, you know, uh, buy into the the culture and the. And the uh, and the schematics uh, bring others along with him. I mean, he's he's what we had in mind. Uh, that's why he was the first pick in the draft. And uh, when you're up there, you want to you want to make the most of it. And and he's been a perfect fit for us. And uh, and we believe it'll uh, be a, a long-standing relationship. And and when that happens uh, is when that happens. And I don't have a prediction on that. And finally, finally, and I promise, because you have been more than gracious with your time, your coaching staff, guys, uh, got opportunities to interview for head coaching yeah. positions, for coordinator positions, from uh, assistant coaching positions, moving up to coordinators. But it's all staying intact, the coaching staff. And, and Zach has had his coordinators, all three phases, special teams, offense, defense, intact his entire career at this point with the Cincinnati Bengals. How big is that to, to, to have that coaching staff that has done such a great job intact again? Yeah, all that interest is well-deserved. You know, the, 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 we, we've got a lot of guys on the staff that, that are, are very capable of very big jobs in this league. And, and they're great with the X's and O's, but they're also really, really fine with the interpersonal relationships and the leadership and the camaraderie building that an NFL team needs. And, uh, and, and they are, you know, we're, we're fortunate to, to have a good staff. We're fortunate that it came together the way that it is. And, and that Zach was, uh, was, it had the foresight to hire right guys, you know, to interview right guys, to come to conclusions on bringing the right ones here and, uh, and then growing them and developing them. And, uh, you know, our, 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 our staff, like our football team, the longer you're around each other, uh, the better cohesion you can have and, and you know what to expect. And, uh, and it's, it's come together well, and we're glad everybody's back. And, uh, you know, when guys get bigger opportunities and, and, uh, and move on for, for bigger and better things, we'll be happy for them. 
it, it won't necessarily help the Cincinnati Bengals, but uh, but we want guys to progress in their careers and and to achieve their dreams, and uh, and we've got a lot of worthy guys for sure. Duke can't thank you enough. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your uh, your knowledge, and uh, I know the whole community of uh, Cincinnati Bengals fans appreciates the appreciates the job that you do. Feel very fortunate to have a Duke Tobin running the ship here. Personnel. Well, there's a lot of there's there's a lot more than Duke Tobin. I'm not naive enough to know it's about me. It uh, maybe I'm the one that gets to sit here and talk about it, but uh, beyond that, uh, it's pretty evenly distributed around the organization. Good luck with the upcoming veteran free agents, the draft. Put together another good one, Duke. Let's uh, let's go. It's, it's appreciate getting, it, Lap. Getting close. Good work, brother. Appreciate you, sir. Thanks, Duke. All right. See ya. Dave Lapham here, and every day I am grateful for my experience to have played professional football. As a player, I realize self-motivation, leadership, and appreciating your teammates are key. At First Star Logistics, you can use those same attributes to create the life you want for you and your family. Build your future by working hard like I did. You'll see results both on and off the field. Call First Star Logistics today and be part of our winning team. Opportunity knocking.